Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 655 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by J.D. Raider, Oliver, a Stone, and Ben Funky Askren. How are we doing, boys? Doing good. Doing good. Doing pretty well. All right. I don't know who's doing the best, but probably uh, Ben. Medium. <laughs> ben, what's the, give us give us a quick um, Groundhog situation update. Oh, I, I got a trapper coming out today. Set some traps. I had some cameras set the other day. Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll have some groundhogs caught within a, a couple of days here. Okay. And uh, are you going to eliminate them or just move them? Don't worry about what I'm going to do with the groundhogs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. Yep, absolutely. I think Ozzy did gymnastics. Um, I you know I don't know why my wife signs our kids up under. I coach five year old wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now let me tell you this: we separated our five year olds this year from our six and sevens because they're that much of a distraction. The biters and the non biters. We had, oh, okay. we had three coaches for say between we had like twelve signed up, so maybe seven to ten showed up every day. It still wasn't enough. You can't get five year olds to do nothing. Listen, <laughs> they are they're more they're like bugs at that point. They're just going to what's bright or what's happening yeah, over here. Yes. There's no focus. All, all you can do is hopefully yes. keep them inside the building. That's the best like, you can do. In this game, you have to stay on your knees. And then all of a sudden four of them are running around. And you're like, Well, no, no. There's only one rule. You only have to stay on your knees. And then they just start running around. It's yeah. Hilarious. But so Ozzy's three, and I take him to gymnastics, and it's it's like, uh, kind of eye roll. Yeah, is his name's Ozzy Man Strongboy? Is that what he calls himself? That's what he, he just made up a name <laughs> for himself, and he calls himself that all the time. Like if you ask him, <laughs> that's he'll a great tell you. name, man. Ozzy Man <laughs> Strongboy, that's pretty freaking great. So yeah, three year old gymnastics. That's not, I don't know. Outstanding. Yeah, I like I like to see some video footage of that. Just imagine. Oh, it's, it's not a lot exciting. <laughs> okay, so we got some uh, some people on the move, some big news. Jordan Oliver to the NYC RTC, uh, a new home for him, leaving the Tar Heel Wrestling Club. Uh, and you know, with with Jo, he is certainly the most traveled senior level guy I can think of. Right, you know, he, from Oklahoma State to Arizona State to Cornell, UNC, now NYC RTC. And I, I think the move, I. Some people are are just like that. They want to be, you know, all right, I'll go here for a little bit, learn for a little bit, go to the next thing. People like movement and change in their life. I think J.O. is probably just one of those kinds of guys. And, you know, as he's moved, he has improved and done done well. And I, I get the move because I understand why why he's – probably thinking, I want to continue to compete, right? You know, you finally made the team or, or, you know, won the spot at least, you could say. And coaching will always be there, and the opportunities for Jordan will always be there for coaching. And, you know, an opportunity to go and, and train with Kendall Cross, who I'm sure someone he's admired from being an Oklahoma State Cowboy and Olympic champion, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what progressions he, he can make there and, I'm sure he'll be missed at uh, Tar Heel, but um, it seems like seems like everyone's ending on on good terms there. As yeah, as he has yeah. left, he has left basically everywhere on on good terms. Um, so yeah, but I don't we think haven't ever seen anyone move this many times. It, it's uh, I guess it would be kind of the first. Um, I can't even think of it. You know, pre RTC era, I can't really think of 
anyone else who did this similar thing. Um, and I, you know, I guess he had his best season ever with qualifying for the Olympics. So, uh, you know, there's something to be said for that. Uh, but you know, you said he, you can coach whenever or forever or, but I always feel like if the, if the guys don't get started, it's not like they're going to jump into a head coaching spot. They're going right. to probably have to work their way up the rung somewhere. So now you're starting that process, uh, very late. True. And uh, I'm, uh, I don't know for a fact that J.O. is going to want to coach. Who knows what he's going to want to do? I I can imagine he's going to want to coach. Um, yeah. I remember, and actually, now that I think about it, I remember interviewing Burroughs, Jordan Burroughs, about, about it, and he was talking about J.O. and about how he was someone that he would love to coach with, and he's someone that whose brain he, like, picks a lot when he has, like, technical issues or questions or whatever. Like, uh-huh. J.O.'s just, like, a trusted resource so maybe at some point they end up there and you know location wise pennsylvania rtc or whatever would, would make sense being that jordan's from eastern pennsylvania so so who knows i don't know what what the plans are for jordan i doubt he knows fully what what he wants to do i remember in 2016 i was like okay this guy's gonna go fight for sure right and yeah, he talked a lot about it he talked a lot about it but i don't know if that interest has waned um you would probably say it's not too late for him to get into it, Ben, but I, Oof, I don't know why. I don't know. But I, Pretty late. Yeah, okay, so you would say so. Yeah. If you want to reach the uh, pinnacle of fighting, it's pretty late. Yeah. Well, DC and, yeah, joined and, pretty late, but I would say he's more of an exception to the rule than uh, yes. the rule. Also, I wonder if, and also, I wonder if you're if you're an upper weight, is it a little different? Definitely mm-hmm. easier, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the age of the upper weights is like is significantly older than uh, lower and middle. Uh, and then the other, I mean, the other thing I think about is it just, um, it takes, it takes time to, to start making money. No one starts making money on, on day one yeah. and to earn those upper images, just, just like coaching kind of, right. You got to work your way up. And then once you get to those paychecks, you never kind of go back down, but if it's going to take him two, three, four years, uh, to get there, once he, you know, actually starts having fights, then, then we're talking, he's pretty old by then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I hope you just. I, I kind of. You, you. Everyone knows if you listen to the show. I kind of selfishly want everyone to stay in wrestling, um, just because I don't have that much interest in fighting. Uh, but uh, so I'm. I'm hopeful that that's similar for Jo. But I'm sure he'll have a lot of options. So that's notable. And I think JD mentioned this morning. We never really talked about the Jaden Cox to the NJRTC and also NJRTC and NYCRTC. Joining forces. Joining forces, saying bye Felicia to the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club. That was kind of like yeah, the merger. What's up with that? We never did talk about that. What happened? Well, I don't. It's uh, it's speculation uh, at this point. I'm not sure what happened. That you know they had all this you know all the good vibes between um, basically Princeton's RTC and the Rutgers RTC, and they were working together and there was synergy there. And the the first time I noticed uh, a distinction was when Miles Martin announced he was Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club, which was not in- So I don't know if that precipitated the change or if the change happened prior to Miles joining. But yeah. either way, um, it appears that the, the Rutgers-Princeton thing is no longer a thing with NJRTC joining uh, NYCRTC. Yes, yeah, so... I don't understand but New York, Rutgers and Princeton are... I mean, they're pretty close together, so they're about 20 miles, roughly. And then to New York City is 51 miles, which obviously with, with that traffic can um, can take quite a long time sometimes. So, um, 
Man, I don't know. It feels like Rutgers was the one that made quite a bit more sense than the NYC and uh because you're kind of skipping over Rutgers. You're going past Rutgers to go to New York City. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that what led to the you know separation there, but uh, it is notable. And NYC RTC continues to uh, invest in wrestling, which is great. So, but Jaden, yeah. Jaden, and I don't know how much time Jaden's going to spend there. Kevin Jackson's his coach, so how much time is yeah. he going to? How be? much time did he spend in, uh, in Ohio? Ohio? Oh, very little. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird. I agree. Well, was this very... is weird too, because it's not like he's going to be really a resident athlete. Yeah, I think it's people... weird that they I just think people just want to attach Jaden Cox to their program, which is not a terrible idea. You know, yeah. attract maybe some other people and show we your best or whatever. Too. But yeah. Jane Cox but and Floor Wrestling RTC. It's funny because they say right up front that he's, he's not going to be here all that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, both these things confuse me way. a little bit because it's like, yeah, Jaden's not obviously not going to be training full-time in New York City or even a decent amount probably. Uh, and also, like, are the NJ RTC and NYC RTC, like, going to meet each other in the middle weekly? Or, or is it just like... We will occasionally have a camp together, like that thing. You can, no, you can just like, do that without like announcing. Right, we're now together. Like I, I really I don't like think they're going to be joining week. forces and regularly training together. Yeah, if it was twice a week, that drive is going to suck. No one's going to do that twice a yeah. week. Um. So yeah, I mean, to your point, it's, it's not going to be all all that much. And yes, other people do get, get together and work together. Yeah, so I'm very curious what that's actually going to look like in practice. The other thing I was I was just looking at, uh, New Jersey's kind of becoming our uh, uh, Dagestan Mahachkala Osedia because we got the PRTC, the NJRTC, and the NYCRTC all within like a hundred mile stretch along uh, I-95. Yeah, and Scarlet Knight. And They're Scarlet right Knight. Yes. Yeah. Boom. E- e- Beast Coast, they call it. <laughs> That is what they call it. So, really? Are you serious? No, they don't call it that. Well, Beast Coast? <laughs> I, I well, I mean, like, people I've do call heard it, that. but it's not like if You've you're... never heard it called Beast Coast? Never, yeah. ever. In my All life. right, then, yeah, you, you got to start listening to some 90s rap then, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I love 90s rap. That's my favorite genre. You should listen to the East Coast 90s rap then. Yeah. I did, like, uh, say, uh, Notorious B.I.G. I never heard him call the Beast Coast. Have you ever listened to the Beast Coast Boys? They're a rap group from New York City. No. Never. Okay, they're pretty good. Ollie, this, they slap, don't they? Oh, they slap hard. Yeah. You check, guys are messing with me right now. That is not a rap <laughs> group. Get on your Spotify and look up the Beast Coast Boys. Oh, you guys are, you guys are effing with me. All right. Well, just, just see if they're there. Um, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Other oh, news. Real. Austin Gomez to Wisconsin. This is big. Um, he's going to go 141 for, for the Badgers. He fits nicely for them. Um, and, yeah, exciting exciting move there. As they, uh, Bono's done a good job with the, with the transfer portal. Now he's losing Evan, but he's been able to bring in some quality guys. Weiler, Sebastian. Uh, obviously, Seth Gross was a pretty big one. So, uh, McNally. Oh yeah, and McNally. That's right. I knew there was one I was missing. So good get for for the Badgers, and I'm I'm just really excited to see Austin Gomez competing again. He's just a fun guy to watch. 
So, so he, you can medically unretire because I thought once you medically retired, you can unmedically retire. Is that what ha- is this what happened? Well, maybe he didn't go through the formal, oh, the full process. Yeah, maybe he just like said it because it's well, like cause, it's I like mean, bankruptcy. Well, you can't just declare it. Yeah, what like, I was put on about proposing, was, it's college yeah. eligibility if you haven't competed all your years or whatever. Well, yeah, I, I, think no, I was thinking ref- from the university's the university's yes. perspective. If someone says I'm medically retired, I can't compete. You you pay me for college because the college oh, yeah. at that point doesn't pay for you. And then you come back and undo it. They're like, wait, 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 why do we pay? For, why do we pay for you to go to college? And you said you couldn't do it, and now you're doing it. Well, Michael Jordan unretired. Why can't Austin Gomez? <laughs> there you go. Boom. Two, two Illinois legends. Yes, I know Michael Jordan from North Carolina. Okay, so that's big. Born in New York. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Google it. Yeah, come on, Google Man, it. Man, they must have just been on like a vacation. You couldn't find, I mean, you were just finding the Beast Coast boys. Go I ahead did, and I, find. I never heard of them. I, I, did not, I did not know it was a real group. I'm going to be honest. But <laughs> I made it's them a, up. It's a rap group too. You want to hear about it? Their um, their genre is hip hop. They're for the uh, the part of their group is the Flatbush Zombies. Also, I think that's one of their songs or something. They're all oh, waiting no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, okay, no, no, no. I, it's not the Beast Coast Boys. An though. American Beast Coast is an American hip hop yes. collective and super that's, group from Brooklyn, New York, formed in 2012 by Pro Era Flatbush Zombies and the yes. Underachievers. Pro Era Pro Era is Joey Badass's label and music group. Flatbush Zombies, a rap group out of Brooklyn. Beast Coast is them merging together. Oh, but it's not the Beast Coast uh, Boys. I thought CP uh, was doing like a funny play on the Beast Coast. It was close. But it was pretty close. I, I'm surprised I didn't think of it. But yeah, you, they're not 90s rap, but you might like them. Go ahead and bump Beast Coast. Yeah. Let's East go. Coast, baby. And Google um, right here. Michael Jeffrey Jordan was born in Brooklyn, New York on February 17th, 1963. Is Brooklyn in New York? Come on, forget about it. Um, hey, so I, I man, I was uh, I watched the Rob Cole interview with on the Bader show yesterday. Me very too, good, yeah. very very insightful. Um, I also I, I kind of forgot about Troy Nickerson um, as another one. I don't Damn. think we mentioned him on the coaching shoot. Rob Cole's coaching shoot is is very impressive. Um, I know it's a couple of years I was looking through the rosters, like every assistant coach he had is now a head coach somewhere. So yeah. um Shiflet was the head coach also at both Hofstra and UNCG. Um man, Nickerson would have been uh I don't want to say you if you a good choice for the job also, besides Mike Gray, right? But if they would have opened it up, um man, I feel like Nickerson's doing a really good job at UNCG and obviously was a Cornell legend, so could have went back home. Yes, yes. So lots of um I mean, well, why don't we get to that interview? Because I there were a lot of takeaways. I thought it was great. If you haven't listened to it, it's on the Bader Show. Check it out. I th- I feel like um, Cole, Coach Cole, the, there was just an element of just a, f- extreme frustration with I think the yeah. Ivy Cornell mindset in a way. Yeah, I think he sound. I think I mean when you're a, a high level coach and, and who's in athletics. When you feel like your institution is not that, you know, he even mentioned like it feels like in some of the Ivy Leagues, like they almost hide that they have sports. They almost it's almost like a something yeah. that's looked down on. Whereas like with Stanford, it's something that you know it's a focal point of the institution. Source and, of pride. Yeah, it's a source of pride, and they have all this a- academic excellence. So I feel like over time in thirty-two years there, he, I think he just got a little, 
little tired than that. He had he had a couple really cool lines. I mean, R- Coach Cole is probably, I would say, he's the most candid uh, Division One coach that we have in interviews, um, which I I always and of course you guys probably really appreciate as well. But he said mm-hmm. they believe it. He believes that that Stanford can have a better RTC than Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. Um, it's a big statement. It's a big statement. But he he really believes it. And who for when when you see what he took Cornell from to what they became, how can you say how can you say, oh, this you can't dismiss that statement after yeah. after his track record. Uh, he well, seems Go ahead. And and uh, the Spartan RTC or Cornell RTC, whatever you want to call it these days, um, I mean they were they were right there, right? They were probably I'd say top three, top four. Um, if we just go RTC programs, I mean, Nittany Lions number one right now, very clearly, but then, you know, Michigan's pretty good. There, there's a few other ones, but a Spartan RTC is really close. Well, yeah. When you just roll out, well, Nishan was gone, but Vito, Yanni, Dake, Gabe for a, a yep. little while, there's a really solid, uh, really solid crew. So that was interesting. Another thing he said, he, I, apparently coach Cole really loves recruiting, but he also said, if you're not. If you're a head coach and you're not recruiting, you're just lazy, which is which is interesting because there are some programs that have that delegation like, OK, this coach is our recruiter and he's like an assistant or or whatever. And like he's the main like tip of the spear recruiter guy. Not that the other head coaches aren't involved, but it was notable that, and you know, it does happen that the head coach is not integrally involved in recruiting and it's uh I thought I thought it was interesting to hear him basically call that out and be like, "Yo, if you're not recruiting, you're you're just being lazy." Yeah, I mean, but that's it's. I don't even feel like that's like debatable. I feel like it's just like some coaches just really don't want to do that, and your ability as head coach is to delegate. And if you think that you being in the room, obviously you being in the room is probably for most of them the most enjoyable part of the job. Like they enjoy that the most because they enjoy wrestling. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it's there's some very notable ones that say, Hey, you're my head assistant. You go do all the leg work and then bring me in for the final meeting or the final home visit or whatever you need me for type of stuff. I feel like that's like, I don't want to say normal, but that happens a lot. Yes. Yes. So I thought that was a, uh, an interesting call. Um, he just, uh, what he kept going back to is he, he just sees a ton of potential in Stanford and what they can become because what it combines and it's it's funny because he's already got his like plan of attack. Because Bader asked him about uh, facilities, what's he what's he gonna do? He's like, first thing I think I'm trying to say the order. He's like, first thing we need to do, we need to get to 9.9 scholarships. We need to get that endowed. Then we need to endow the um, the coaching staff positions, and then we need to do this. And then so like he has like the the order of priority. He's already like prioritized yep. the things he needs to do first. So it's it's kind of cool to see the plan. But one thing he mentioned was. He's got. He's like. He's excited about getting to play around with scholarships, but that Stanford also has incredible financial aid. Which financial aid is this? Um, it's one thing. It's not often brought up about. You know, it's often just said, "Oh, Ivy League doesn't have scholarships," and it's just kind of like, no. But they have so much to play. They, a lot of the Ivies have a huge. Uh, I guess I would say advantage with financial aid or it's one of the it's i won't say it's an advantage it's one thing that offsets the fact that they don't have the athletic scholarships is that they have such good need-based financial aid that they can get a lot of guys 
in the school and, the, and on extreme discounts, if not free, with their financial aid programs. Well, that's why Cornell had a leg up kind of on a lot of the Ivy schools is that Rob Cole found a way to utilize that. Yes, and, and, and get them in. Yeah. Uh, Kids was... in that maybe wouldn't be able to get into some of the other Ivy schools, you know, and they could send them to Finger Lakes for a year, get a GPA, and... Here's my thing, in. though. Here's my whole thing about this. Now, maybe maybe I'm wrong here. Um, but the whole, oh, they found this side door, or what, whatever you want to call the the finger, the uh, TC3 community college thing that got them into Cornell. Side door. We got side doors coming well, out. Well, I, I have side doors. Don't side here. door it now. It's not a side door. It means that's door. something else. It's the front door. Side door's cheating. Side door's yes. cheating. Okay, it's not cheating. All right. It's what like I'm going to say is. on the front of the house. Listen, if you got a guy that he, he is struggling academically and doesn't meet the standard, if he goes to the community college and gets into Cornell, there there's no there's no hand holding there. These are legitimate students that that have to go through an Ivy League education. So the, the idea that they're getting these guys into school that have, you know, that don't belong there. It's not a North Carolina football situation. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to Cornell, so it's like, okay, maybe you wouldn't have met the initial standard to get in. But the thing that people, I think, that don't bring up, they still have to <laughs> – the whole point is that they go to Cornell as students for four years. Like, you have to be smart to do that. Um, I'm almost I'm almost positive. So whether it's a community Andy college – graduated. Four years, didn't study for <laughs> – didn't study once, was drunk the whole time. Called, called straight bees. It called me buzz. <laughs> <laughs> all, all while leading an acapella group. Okay, so uh, you know what? And maybe it's because his dad built a couple couple buildings, but that doesn't matter. Um, great reference there, uh, Ben. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just so, people kind of like poo poo the the uh, TC three situation. Cornell's like, well, they still go to Cornell. Yeah. Um. So I would have. Um. Man. We, we actually haven't brought the scholarship issue yet. I mean, so Rob Cole's been doing this without scholarships. And, yeah, he did find a, um, a relatively productive way to – Creative. A relative productive way to get the kids he wanted to get into school into Cornell. But, you know, without Rob Cole finding those – then I'm, I'm not going to call them side doors. They're not side doors. No. Without Rob Cole finding those extra avenues to get kids in, um, obviously it could be a, a lot more difficult. And, yes, they do go to uh, all the way through Cornell – that being said, I don't think he's going to have any side doors at Stanford, but he is going to have scholarships. And so that the financial aid packages, they help, but there is still – so if you guys don't know how those work, uh, I know you guys do, but I'm not sure all of our audience right. does. No, definitely explain. Okay. It's expensive to go to Cornell. Very expensive. If you make no money, you could you can get quite a bit of money to go to Cornell. If you're really rich, it's not a big deal to go to Cornell. But if you're somewhere in that middle zone where your parents mm -hmm. make like a pretty good amount of money, um, you know, say if your parents are making uh, $200,000 a year combined, like that, that they're pretty well upper middle class likely. But Cornell costs like 50 to 55 grand. So it's like not easy for them to afford still, especially if you have other siblings in college and you're not going to be getting financial aid. So there is a, a strata there of kids that you're probably not going to get or going to have a very hard time getting because of the financials. You know what's crazy about that? And I only had this realization yesterday because probably because I'm an idiot. But the stupid thing about the uh, the need-based financial aid, 
assumes that your parents are paying for your college, which that is not the case for many people. So they really should base it on how much money you have, which for basically all college kids would be zero dollars. Right. Well, I so, suppose you could declare independence from your parents at age 18 or something, and then you'd be poor. Okay, that would be really smart. Um, why wouldn't you do that? Just emancipate, and then um, then you have no money. Well, then you're Maybe not Rob on their medical insurance anymore. And no one talks about it. Yeah, but that would be a that would be they could they could but then they could gift you a non taxable. They could gift you up to fifteen thousand dollars, which would be um, certainly enough. enough pay for Somebody insurance. watch Shawshank Redemption here. Yeah, you just pulled that line from when Andy almost gets pulled off the roof. What? I don't remember Who? that. Piles or me? You. The $15,000 gift? You guys don't remember that part? That's I mean, a gift. No, I, I, this, is, this is a way to give your family money that's not taxable to them. Come on. But it's only yeah, one you time. Gotta no, it's not. It's yearly. Um, you sure? You gotta, I mean, only your family. This, we're not not, not your friends. Ollie, I'm not giving you $15,000 a year, but your, your friends, you cannot. They would have to pay taxes, but your family, you can yearly. Oh, but if I was family, you would give me the fifteen grand. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, so yeah, it, it, yeah. I was just thinking about that. That's sort of, sort okay. of a stupid thing. So listen, we're on we're on Rob Cole's level because we're me and you, Christian. We're thinking more side door ways to get people into. Yeah, not so, side door. The wrong word. Well, side that, door is cheap. I think that might be side door if we made them emancipate from their parents. Just <laughs> that's side door. That's crossing the line of side door. Yeah, what? That kind of feels like side door. These kids should emancipate. I, I, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have Caleb emancipate so he can get better better financial aid. Yeah. Not that we're exactly rolling in it, but you know, uh, it'll maybe it'll help. Okay. Also, uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? We can always bounce back to Rob Cole, but um, any other um, thoughts? Who is assistant star? It sounded like he was going to be announcing him relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm super curious. Be- he said he was on the East Coast in a compound. And he said he wasn't going to leave till till he had his his staff or or at least this one person so signed on. Someone came up in the middle of the interview. Who was that? I, I couldn't see because I, I had my phone down and I heard it. And then by the time I looked up, the the screen was covered. Uh, do you know who it was? I believe it was uh, Mr. Galli, oh. which I don't know why it would be a big secret that he would be there, nor do I know where he lives. So maybe yeah. it means mm. something else. But um, um, Joe, Joe Galli is his first name. I forgot. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's not him. But I'm not sure wh- where he's looking or who he's uh, – Trying to get. Did you guys hear anything about the uh, uh, Nolf rumors that I was talking about yesterday? Uh, well, yeah, I had heard them before. I don't think he's going, personally. No, I don't okay. think he will. I think there's a better shot that Chinzo would go. But we will see. Someone from Penn State's going to start going somewhere because there's not enough room for them all to coach at Penn State. The mats Kinda are like only so big. They can Burke. only fit so many people on the mats. No. Coaching, Christian, jobs, jobs. They're going to need jobs eventually. They cannot wrestle forever. It's They're running out of space, forever. Ben. There's a, there's a space crisis. You, you're, you're making light of what I'm trying to bring up as a valid point here. And I don't it know is why. a very valid point. There is not, I mean, Kale, I mean, Cody, Kale Casey. Sanderson's coaching tree right now. What is Kale Sanderson's coaching tree right now? We talked about Rob Poles. Tell me Kale's. In nothing. Uh, it ain't got no branches. It's just a big, big straight pole. Frank Molinaro. He's not head coach. No, head coach. Head coaches. Oh. Head coach. No head coach. That's Maybe that's no part head. of the thing. 
Don't let it's any gonna be. I mean, it's gonna. Ha- Part of Kale's greatness. Is gonna, yeah, it's, it's like no. I'm not gonna have a tree of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kale's tree is gonna sprout some branches at some point in time. So you know these people, these these elite athletes, will start dispersing at some point. Well, maybe. I mean, what if not? I mean, what if? What if? Think about this. What if Kale, Cody, Casey, and Jake Varner just run it? For the next decade and change, what That's if what I'm, da- but I'm saying what if David Taylor? Go. What if David Taylor says, "You know what? I'm an Olympic champion. I won all these world titles. Um, I'm just going to coach my club and do something else." And you might try do to have, that. Okay. So, but I mean, there's there- more. What about Zane and Nolf and Nickel and um, who am I forgetting? Chenzo. I guess Mark well, Paul. Both going MMA. Both going to out. MMA. Uh, there's, there's, I'm sure there's more really good people that I'm forgetting about. That was just the first ones that came to the top of my head. Yeah. They all become assistants under they Kale. They all become. <laughs> just, you already picked their assistants. There's only so many jobs. This was the point I was they bringing up. They all become volunteer assistants. Volunteer assistants in the truest sense of the word. No, and you're Kale, right. And Kale adopts them and then gifts them the money non-taxable to them. And then they claim independence. They're broke. They can get back into uh, Stanford and Cornell. Oh, okay. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. So I don't know. You're you're right. At some point, these guys are going to start coaching elsewhere because um, there's not going to be any vacancies at Penn State anytime soon. I mean, Co- Cody, yeah. Casey, Kale, I just don't see any scenario where they leave because if they were going to leave, they would have left because they would, certainly yes. could have and had myriad opportunities. Varner, maybe uh, – I'm I'm sure his name might have been on the short list at one point for the Stanford job, and that would have been an interesting. He'd have been an interesting guy to look at, given his credentials. He's from California, and that's where you know. With again, we circle back to the Oliver conversation. It's like he he's fourth man on the totem pole, right? So he he's the last one of those four that we mentioned. I feel like all college ministers want to want to see people take on some more of those roles, at least like that associate head coach or head assistant where they're taking on more of the, the I don't know, logistical burdens before they appoint them head coach. Because there is a big difference between uh, a guy who's the fourth coach and they're in the room and they're helping guys out and the guy who's running the show, doing the recruiting, fundraising, everything else. True. Uh, I would imagine and have heard that the those guys all get opportunities to have little slices of – now I don't know what that would be for Jake. As you said, he's he's the fourth fourth coach there, but um, mm-hmm. I'm certain that Cody and Casey have had those opportunities to where they've really delved into areas that oh, yeah. that Cody, is commonly yeah. head coaching. But yeah, for Jake, I don't yes. know. Yes, I'm sure Cody and Casey have for sure. But you know, I would I would say they would probably do a lot of that work, and that what Jake doesn't get too much of it. He's a more of an in the room type of guy. And so when you're talking about skipping to, you know, go be a head coach, I think usually administrators want to see. Uh, Cody and Casey are incredibly valuable. Everyone would love to have them if they could. Yeah. Right? The jobs that open up. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, other transfer news. Nathan Traxler to Virginia Tech. So the Hokies get a big man. Uh, this this works well for Virginia Tech. If if I'm if I'm reading this correctly... My assumption is Traxler will go heavyweight next year. Katka will redshirt. John Borst has, I believe, moved on since graduating. And, and Traxler will Oh, John be... Borst graduated already? Damn. Yeah. Those yes. Yes. 
He wrestled uh, our, our guy Should Ben Darmstadt in the Fargo too. finals uh, some years ago. Ben's got like three, a couple years left, and uh, John's already move, moving on, it sounds like. So the, I, I don't think Traxler's going to go down to 197. I think he's, I think he's too big. But you're just, if, you're, just, you're just scared right now. I'm not scared. I think Andy Smith can hold him off. You sound scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. You know what? All I think, you know, I hear Nathan Traxler to Virginia Tech, I say, another good partner for Andy Smith. And that's, that's, uh, that's where my mind, my mind is. But, uh, I I think it's, uh, it's interesting with Traxler and, 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 you know, the, the word was, hey, no one's going to transfer out of Stanford. Traxler was a, a rare uh, circumstance in that he like had no he could not take any more school he could do no more school at Stanford he was his, out he was out of school what do you mean? he had his he had a, his post said two five years and two degrees later yes he already <laughs> has his masters he's got his bachelor's because I, I talked with Coach Blake about it before uh, you know every when the program first got restored yeah. he said I think I think they'll all stay Nathan Traxler is the one exception he. Literally can't. There's nothing else for him to. He should have failed some classes or something. So he. Could What's have he gonna do over Virginia Tech? Oh, I'm sure there's, there's myriad ap- academic opportunities for uh, Doctor Trexler. D- yeah, Doctor. He's Trexler. so smart that he's gonna get his doctorate in one year. Yes, that would have been my move. You know, just just knock it out. Boom. People make it take Time forever. Now, I don't know what he'll do, but uh, you know, maybe he'll. Maybe the plan is he goes there for one year. I mean, you can get a master's degree in a year, I guess. Especially. Well, he already has a master's. You get another master's? Double master's. Double master's. Or maybe he is. Yeah, maybe he's in PhD. I don't know. Maybe the next year he would stay and be in more of an RTC type of function. Yeah. I don't know. But if Virginia Tech's lineup could be really salty next year, uh, as we knew, even without – Traxler, they're going to be tough. And I don't know if they're looking for, for any more transfers right now or not, but. Who's not? Everyone loves the portal. Got to love it. Everyone loves gotta the portal. Love the portal. But if you look hey, at their we starting. we got to finish talking about U23s because we only got oh, to like snap. two weight classes yesterday. <laughs> no, yeah. we got further than that. We got three. I thought we got to four. We but, talked okay. about 57, 61, and Ja'Cory Teamer. That's all we talked about. <laughs> we talked about 70 kg. But That's the story I said Jacory Teamer. We talked well, you're about right, those. That two. was the story at 70 kg. So you're you're right there. But that's three solid weight classes, you know. I feel it. I feel it. Okay, let's let's um we going let's to go that? there. Yeah, let's let's dive go. back in. I for, I actually sort of forgot. You forgot? Okay. Uh so we talked about 57, we talked about 61. 65 is where we were at. We did not talk about that at all, which Dom Demas won very convincingly. Um but Lawrence Sands, um, man, he I think he was a story. He beat Alan Hart second round, and he beat Chad Red third round. And Chad Red did uh, who was the guy we said didn't train yesterday? Cause I don't know if Chad Red trained for this one because he went he went one and two. Macau McGee, you said uh, yes. He said didn't train. Yes, Chad uh, Red went one and two. He got tech followed by Josh Saunders on the backside. JD, what do you what can you tell us about Lawrence Sands? Mm, not much. <laughs> okay. I thought he made NCAs this year. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up right now. Um, he's a Cal Poly guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he would definitely was a um, was a standout uh, in this tournament. Four, he was only four and four this year, so um, maybe I'm wrong. 
He wouldn't. No, he did not make the NCAs. He uh, he not lost to Real two. Woods. He beat Connor Ward, and then he lost to uh, Martinoni. Gotcha. Yeah. So kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. He was a national qualifier for Fresno State in 2020. No, uh, I'm looking at his profile right now. It says 2020. He no, he oh maybe he didn't wrestle in it. Okay, there's no match there. He went two and three at the Big Twelves. Does two and three make you a national qualifier? It could potentially. Apparently, okay. did it did in his in his case. Got it. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're, where are we at? Seventy four right now. Oh, you so then we're we're skipping over Dom Devis. <laughs> I thought. Oh yeah, He's we skip. I'm sorry. Yeah, I uh, I had it in my mind. We did seventy, so now we're on seventy four. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Dom Demas. Um, so oh, also, Sammy Alvarez did not go sixty one. Oh he yeah, did go sixty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like you can't make the yeah. That's who and Dom kind of put it on him in the semis. Definitely, definitely put it on him. That's a tough matchup for Alvarez. Yes. Um, someone of, I mean, Demas put it on basically everyone. He was. Yeah, yeah, he was the heavy favorite going in. Any freestyle tournament, Demas is going to be up there in the talks of an age level national tournament. Um, and with the field that was a little down, like no Jaden Ironman in it, he's going to be the heavy favorite. Yeah, should watch. Those two are mortal enemies at this point. Dang. Uh, so Josh Hunter's got decked first round. He um, well, he was up. And then he won nine in a row, though. Well, Saunders was also up 9-0 and got stepped over on a gut mm. um, and pinned. <laughs> what is up with the big red stepovers? Wow. Darmstadt, it happened to Darmstadt, too. Darmstadt got stepped over, too, Ben. Oh, Did you know man. this? Wait, listen to Josh Saunders. Curse of Gabe Dean. He tech falls in 56 seconds. They tech fall Chad Red. Tech fall. 50 seconds, minute six. Four minutes, 50 seconds. That was the NCAA qualifier, Saul Irvin. 42 seconds, 50 seconds. Tech fall Sammy Alvarez. And then tech fall Clay Carlson. Sheesh. Dang. <laughs> Went savage mode. He really did. I mean, that's really impressive. Holy crap. That's a, I mean, beating Alvarez and Carlson. I have a uh, theory about... Um, Saunders that when you expect him to do the worst is when he does his best and when you expect him to do the best is when he does his worst so then he loses in that first round or two so you're like kind of count him out and then he goes Doop. just when I thought right. I was out oh, and they Clay Carlson was an All-American this year I, I forgot that so he beat two All-Americans and two other NCAA qualifiers while tech falling nine people in a row and then Eddie Homrock gets the last laugh because he beat him. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's right. that is an insane, insane run. That's insane. You can you yeah. can get those runs are a lot. Um, I won't say less impressive, but they're easier to to come by and freestyle when you don't have to be on the mat seven minutes. Like yes. in oh yeah, folk style where right. they're almost always a a grind. It's it's pretty tough to get on a pinning streak on the backside though, though it happens so yeah 65 i mean saunders one, one of the big stories there chad red losing and dom demas making it happen as as the prohibitive favorite uh, 70 70 we i mean 
Do we need to talk about anything else? Because I think uh, the guy on the back table there, he thinks that the only story in the whole bracket is Juhuri Teamer. Well, uh, I think there are some other notable results. Mahler beating yeah. Yaya Thomas is is interesting. I yeah. I don't know who I would have favored or picked, or probably probably Yaya. Uh, Jacory I, beat... I actually think you did because I think you guys all laughed at me when I picked Harold Brock Mahler. Harold Brock. Yeah, you're right. Uh, also, Jacory beat Anthony Artelona, but it was cool to see Artelona back wrestling. His two losses were to Brayton Lee and Jacory. Uh, Anthony beat Yaya Thomas, Jaden Enriquez, Doug Zapf, Jaron Jensen. So a pretty solid day for for Anthony Artelona, who Penn will be very excited to have back in their in their lineup next year. I'm it, sure. Zapf is a Penn guy, also correct. Yes, I feel like he had a pretty solid turn. I don't remember who I saw him beat, but uh, I feel like he had a pretty good tournament. He beat Ridge Lovett. And, uh, and then John Milner, he's a, he's an NCAA qualifier, right? And Jacob Berglund, he also beat him. Is he an NCAA qualifier? Uh, no, but he's no. he's not bad. Okay. So Zap, uh, Zap had a solid term. So yeah, Artelona being back is cool. I'm trying to think of other things, but I think that was pretty much seventy. And then of course we already talked about the the finals and Jacory's mm-hmm. triumphant moment and. <laughs> Decent backflip. Everything was amazing. Everything was amazing. Okay, 74. What what stood out to you? Dude, my bracket won't load on 70. Oh, it loaded finally. It wouldn't load on 74. Uh, 74. Um, man, uh, no, I don't want to say anything stood out. And the, the Rob Monday matches, they weren't all that exciting. They're both, I don't want to say more defensive, but uh, Rob's obviously got good positioning. Monday couldn't really open him up that much. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Jalen Hop Harper knocking off Danny Bronigal surprised me. Yeah, I don't know a ton about Harper, but then Harper got teched by Rob, who ended up winning the whole thing. Um, Quincy Monday solid tournament. Phil Canigliaro had some wins. Listen, to I would this. have I would have probably picked Sadalte over him. I, oh, absolutely. Uh, Phil Canigliaro beat Jared JQs, Chase Saldate. Jared Jacobs again, oh, and man. Jalen Harper, only only losing to Quincy Monday. And he's a Harvard guy. Harvard. So he didn't wrestle this year, unfortunately. Negative. All these all these Ivy guys are just like so fired up to do some freestyle and actually yes. wrestle. Seriously, actually. Well, <laughs> even at the senior level, did you see Joey McKenna's tweet? Uh, Five of the ten um, Pan Am champs are either from Ivy League or train at RTCs at Ivy. Oh, okay. So, the more you know. Ivy League on the come up. Yes, indeed. There's no doubt about that. So Peyton Rob gets it done. Solid tournament for him. He's a good freestyler. Mm-hmm. Seventy-nine. This is an interesting this is one. Fun. This is fun. I mean. Patrick Kennedy can't beat Mike O'Malley, apparently. Yeah, it kind of got, I mean, I, I know maybe some people say he got freestyled. Um, well, it is freestyle. I, yeah, I, well, I understand, but he kind of got yeah, yeah. whooped. Before, he didn't get freestyled in November. I'm saying, he just got stuck in November. Yeah. I'm saying uh, to those that say he got freestyled, <clears throat> I know you're not saying. I'm saying, that, that well, that's the tournament yes. they entered. Yes. Um. And the, but he beat down Donnell on the back yes, side. Yes, that's an awesome win. Uh, 
was not competitive. It wasn't competitive. It was, I think it was, I believe it was five takedowns and no turns. I think it was snap downs and high crotches. And that was about it. Yeah. At the end of, uh, I, I have to imagine at the end of a tournament, the last thing you want to be doing is wrestling Patrick Kennedy. Correct. He just looks like the least fun guy, just a brutal hand fighter, very physical, going to be in your face for six minutes straight. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a really good win. I think if you're a, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you remain very, very excited about uh, the prospects of him starting potentially for, for Iowa. Yeah. And then, but the Labriola O'Malley series was, uh, I don't kind of eh, not so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Labriola got it done. I mean, two two, and then five two. So yeah, nothing, nothing super exciting there. But you know, so if you're if you're a Nebraska fan, you're excited to see Labriola continue to improve at freestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say Robbie and Labriola both on the team, so that's yeah good for them. Good job by the Huskers. Um, any other nothing else there from notable things at 79? All right, then we'll go to 86. If I can get it to load here, 86. I think this the story for me is uh, pause man going from uh, semis to sixth place, semi slide, and then Miles Wilson, who no one even considered him for a starting spot at no. Iowa this year. Um, he's the champ, he he beats Foca two out of three. Uh, the, I guess those are you know the focal one one nineteen eight in the middle, uh, and then Wilson won another one for third place. That was yeah, partially because um, Maximus Hailstorm upset Jack Jessen in the quarterfinals, um, was losing and then pinned him, and then who is Maximus? I I don't know who that guy is. Uh, for he wrestles for Penn. Okay, Penn another one, huh? Jessen is a much better freestyler than folk styler, but I, I, yeah, I don't know if that's a huge, huge upset based on the folk style season Jessen had. Yeah, but oh yeah, uh, Jessen Techfall Poznanski though on the backside. Yeah, that was a big surprise. That's certainly notable. But yeah, Foka losing to Miles Wilson, I would not have predicted that. I mean, Foka's got wins Never. over Max Dean and uh, other really tough senior level guys. But yeah, Miles Wilson. You know, does he enter the the conversation? I mean, where's Abe Assad? Uh, is, is Mike- Miles Wilson was three and zero this year. That's interesting. Undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, well, I guess he was, he was two and three. So he didn't even wrestle at all in twenty twenty, but in twenty eighteen, he was two and three. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe he'll be in the mix know. at at eighty four, um, along with, you know. Abe and Nelson, and who knows? Yeah. Um, you know what I was thinking about? This may be a total tangent, so hopefully we get to the last couple of classes. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying the, tran- the transfer portal would help the bigger programs, and mm-hmm. I'm sure in certain ways that it will. I feel like I, I was thinking this weekend, like someone like uh, Miles Wilson is actually a great example. Yeah. Um, where he was not a huge recruit. <laughs> um, he's probably on – Little to no scholarship. True. Right? And he goes and wins a tournament like this. And he could go I, I mean, I feel like and I don't think I think probably a lot of co- college coach or a lot of college athletes would be too scared to do this. But he what if he goes and puts himself in the portal, he could probably get some serious money the last couple of years of college paid for. But yeah. you know, whereas I was not gonna get many, he's probably not gonna start. So he might say, Hey Coach Brands, 
I'm a, I'm a walk on. I'm going to go test the transfer portal because I don't want to pay for the last two years of college. Um, and what you know, what does you know, what would they have to say against that? You, you know, he's probably not going to start. They're not going to give him money very likely. Like, do you see what I'm saying? And so, like, another one would be uh, Jalen Harper. Like, he's probably never going to see the light of day behind Voinovich and whoever else they bring in there. <laughs> right. Um, no, I th- I think we'll I think you'll see some of that. I do think you'll see. I think you have seen some big power moves to the big programs. Jaden to Iowa, yeah. Max Dean to Penn State. Uh, so I think. But but as far as depth guys go, I I mean I think it's wise for them to do that. However, a lot of them, you know, maybe they they think like uh, you think of like a, a Kassar type or, or Shakur Rashid. I remember mm-hmm. we we asked him about like, hey, do you ever think about transfer? He's like, no. He's like, my goal is to be a national champion. The best way for me to do that is to be training here. And if I start, yeah. if I, I'm not the best in country, if I don't start, essentially. But for someone like. Yeah. Like Miles Wilson with the path to starting is not there. I, I don't know, but I think a lot of these yeah, guys. And well, it's not that easy. Didn't Shakur as, start as a freshman? A spot start at one sixty five. Yeah, he did. So and and then and Kassar spot started prior to his run at heavyweight a little bit also. Yes. Yeah. So Whereas, you know, and and for someone like Miles, yeah, it's unlikely. But we you haven't seen. I mean. The thing is, and I remember talking with with Coach uh, Coach Bormet about this, and because they had a lot of you know depth depth guys that could definitely be starters elsewhere that, that don't leave, and so I talked to him about that, and I was like, well, how, how do you keep these guys when they could start elsewhere? He's like, if you invest in the guys, if you if you you know show that you value them and and you work with them, and you know that you create an environment that they don't want to leave. Right. And they're already in school there. So there's that it's one, it's a complication to leave. You know, you've got, not everything's going to yeah, transfer. Extra work. Change is and hard. So change is hard. Uh, and so I think that's a big part of it too. So a lot of these guys at these big programs that are very successful, that sort of environment is, is, you know, something that they don't necessarily want to leave, even if they wouldn't get to potentially start. But to to your point, not everyone well, is going to see even, it that way. Not even start. So I didn't, I didn't even say start. I said go to the portal, see what the offers are. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I mean, I know if the in-state college in Wisconsin's twenty-five thousand, out of state's fifty-ish. Right. Miles Wilson's out of state, so you know I don't know. Maybe maybe he got in-state somehow. But if you were to pay a hundred thousand dollars for your last two years of college, Christian, or you could you could put your name in the portal and someone maybe makes you a good offer, or you go check something out like. I don't know as a, so now as a, as an older guy, cause I definitely understand being a part of the team and you don't want to leave and you have roots and you've built that you built friendships, mm-hmm. but now you're saying a hundred thousand dollars of debt or, you know, even if it's, even if it's 40, right. Um, Heck yeah. that's a, that's a big thing. And those, those college kids, maybe they're not thinking that, but they kind of should be thinking of that. Yeah. That is not an insignificant amount. Some college yeah. kids also, even in years, two, three, four of school, delusional confidence still, like, if you, like, transfer, you're saying, like, no, I will not start. I cannot be yeah. the guy in front of me. Some guys have a hard time admitting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not always – this This sport is not always for the pragmatic, you know? It's like – yeah. it's, it's not a – pra- this sport is not practical. Um, 
Okay. Want to move to 92? This was a very tough weight class. Oh, this is sad. Oh, it's sad. Okay. Tell me why you're sad, Ben. Uh, the goat got whooped. Oh, I know. He, sh- he sure yeah. did. He sure did. Um, no, but this was probably... Uh, was this the best weight class of the tournament? I think it is because, you know, you got Caffey, high-level college guy, Bonacorsi, and say finalist Jake Woodley, All-American, Luke El- uh, Rocky Elam, All-American. I think this is probably the best weight class in the tournament. Yes, it was, it was super tough. And... Darmstadt going 0-2 is is crazy. He it's I, there's two ironies. One, he got stepped over on the gut. The second irony is he lost to a, a Stanford kid right right after that. So the Cornell uh Cornell guys didn't wrestle all particularly great. I'm sure that there's various reasons for that, and one of them being that, you know, everyone knew. And, Maybe he was mad that Rob Cole left in. I remember one time in fifth grade my dog died and I wrestled really bad that day. I mean, I wasn't very good. I wasn't very good to start with, but it definitely. Cole was in his corner, guy. so maybe he did it to spite him. He's <laughs> like, "This is what you get." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, of course that, of course that's not real. That's a joke. But yeah, I, I think that's a little bit, and also just Ben's style is not. I know he's a Fargo champ, but freestyle is sort of a weird mesh for his his skill set, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yes. um, Caffey's fifth, Jake Woodley sixth, um, Luke Stout seventh, eighth, uh, and then you go to the sir. I, I guess I didn't realize Luke Serber was that good. He beat Caffey and Panola. I mentioned him um, in the show before that he he. Yeah. I think he'll end up starting at Oklahoma State. At yeah, what weight do you think he'll he'll go? Ninety seven because he's taking uh, bulk job on Ferrari, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good uh, good fit for them. And Bonacorsi taking out Elam. I mean, with Elam's freestyle credentials, that's a really nice result for for Nino. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the best way to tournament. The the top four are, well, the four that we mentioned really good. Obviously, Luke Server kind of surprised me. And Panola, um, I guess he surprised me also. I think he would do that well. Right. Um, 97 was opposite of good. I called JL winning, but it was not a very good weight class. Yes, Virginia's own JILO got it done, won the title, and to Ben's point, not the not the most impressive field. He took out uh, Sam Mitchell in the finals to 11 Tech. So not a ton to discuss there. And then you go to 125, where. Lucas Davison is just an enormous person now. He is fully. So he was just, cutting a lot of weight to make 197, huh? Apparently so. Because he is. Wildcat uh, bulk job. Wildcat bulk job. Tails all his time. He's on that Conan Jennings diet. Greatness awaits. He's doing the um, opposite of uh, who was their heavyweight like six years ago. McMullen? Uh, yeah, McMullen. He, Reverse McMullen. McMullen is okay. like 170 pounds. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how McMullen got so. He is. He is a skinny person. Uh, but yeah, Davison actually took a match from Cassiope, which I no, would never surprising. ever predict ever in my life ever, especially in freestyle. And you know the um, 
He got he pinned him in the first one and then uh, thirteen five in the third one. So Cassiope ultimately did your classic win. pin to tech fall reversal of result. <laughs> then eight point win. Yes, snip snap scenario. That is a snip snap scenario if there ever was one. Snip snap. Um, <laughs> ben, I love got- when we say dumb things and then you transfer to one of your like intelligent points. But you just repeat one of the dumb things that I, we snap. say and then go on to your point. <laughs> snip, snap. But, yeah, 197 <laughs> looked very interesting. It's, it's always my favorite, that, that segue. You I was going to say, what I was going to say was that uh, another Cornell, one who we think very highly of, who did not wrestle very well, was Luis Fernandez. Yes. I didn't even realize he was in a bracket until I was kind of just looking through here. And he went one and two. Um, I mean, obviously he lost to Zach Elam. That's good. But Connor said is, you know, he, he's all right. Um, but I, I really thought highly of Luis Fernandez. And I don't think he did good at – where else did he wrestle recently? He lost to a guy named Matt Cover, which I thought was the most funny name ever. Um, but I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> it's funny because that's what they use. UWW uses the Matt Covers, right? I thought it was a funny name. I don't know who yes. that guy is, though. Yes. Uh, was it U20s maybe or something? Or was it US Open? I don't know where it was. I do not recall, Ben. He wrestled at juniors and took fourth place. They're juniors. He lost a mat cover. So not the best. I mean, one, you know, the for the for the Cornell gang, you know, you got Mike Gray there and Kyle Dake. Their two other coaches were in Guatemala this week. And then Rob Cole is, you know, in this crazy situation so where weird. he's you know, he's coaching the team, but he's taking another job. Just, it's just like sort of terrible timing. Unfor- I'll just say unfortunate timing for Cornell and Coach. I'm sure Coach Cole f- thought it was terrible timing as well. It was very yes. stressful week, I'm sure, for him. Um, and I, Bracky just said that you could just see it in Cole's face. It like he was he was stressed out by what he was doing there. Um, so I'm sure he's he seemed much better to have. I think that last week behind him. I can't wait to see who who they hire, but also who does Mike Gray go and bring in? That's seriously, who does he bring in? I don't know. Do they who's some Cornell alums they could bring along? Um, you know, you already mentioned basically, you know, like someone like Jordan Lean didn't make a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. just given where he's he's already at in a good situation at Pitt, but or does he look you know, people hire a people they're close with or people they've developed strong relationships with. Yeah. That's typically who, who you see guys go after. Uh, yeah. I don't know who, who they're going to be. And so who, who actually coaches a Spartan combat? Cause a lot, so some clubs have separate RTC coaches, but Cornell does not. Gray, I believe was doing a lot of the coaching. So yeah, Spartan not, combat, not, but not a separate coach. Right? No. Yeah. Hmm. That'll be interesting to see if they bring a separate coach for that also. Because a lot of, you know, like, a, say, Penn RTC, Brandon Slay, you know, is, is a separate entity or, in, a, you know, separate coach. Obviously, Kerry McCoy at Stanford, um, you know, a lot of college. Dan Dennis, of, Hawkeye. Yeah, a lot of them do it. Yeah. No, so they don't have a dedicated. Mm-hmm. I say dedicated, but everyone knows what I mean when I say that. Yeah. Okay. So that was uh, U23s. That's our team. Give him heck, boys. I, yeah. I feel like Rob Cole is going to bring in someone that kind of blows our mind a little bit. Yeah. Dude, are you teasing? Or? I don't know. No, I, I literally don't know who it's going to be. That just, I feel, I mean, I feel like Rob Cole to Stanford blew my mind, but now I feel he's going to bring in someone else, uh, snip snap, that is going to be like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. 
Who could he bring in? I've been. I was like, who is? Who could be on the short list? You know, I, you have no idea. I don't have any idea either. But it sounds like you know. Bader asked him. He's like, hey, what's the status of Coach McCoy, Blake, Terrapelli? He made it sound like no, uh, or he did not. He did not indicate anything, which made me think that oh, they're all gone. Well, McCoy would be interesting if he was to be gone because, yeah, I don't know. Hey. He seems like a guy that that makes sense in that scenario. And he just got there. He just got there. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I I wonder who he could, who could he poach? Who could he go and go and bring in? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Nolf would be. I'm going Jason Nolf. Pick one. That's my first round draft pick. That'd be your. That'd be your first choice. Yes. Penn State guy. Guy that can still roll in the room. A part, and you know one thing. Now that you mention it, um, I remember when I was talking with Coach Blake about it. They're like, "Yeah, we need to, we need to invest. We need to get some partners for Shane because Shane is obviously mm, the big, the big man in that room. And who's pushing him? Well, you bring in Jason Nolf, and uh, I dare say he'll be pushed. Yes. So maybe yeah. Rob Cole goes all Penn State, and he goes Rutherford, Nolf. And uh, uh, Kassar steals them all. <laughs> that would be what listen. That would be that would be genius if he could pull that genius. off. I mean, yeah, Zane. The thing is, it's it's interesting because we're just saying the names of really good wrestlers, and it's yeah, it's like man, we we just are assuming they'll be good coaches as well. Oh, that they will. Yeah, I'm, it would I'm seem like they would be, and it. I think Chinzo. I think Chinzo is a good option as well, and I think it sounds like there's. You know, at least the coach Cole at least has interest in in that. Yeah. Um, let's see who else could he bring. In? I mean, the Penn State thing I like was talking about. It's that it, you know I brought up a handful of guys, but then the other problem is there's guys following you know, RBY, Nick Lee. Like there's more guys that are gonna, they're going to churn out. Aaron Brooks. They're going to have to go somewhere. Maybe I said Rob Cole steals them all. You think RBY will be the assistant coach for Coach Cole? Not yet. <laughs> no. Uh, That'd be the ultimate. That'd be the ultimate pickup. If you got someone plucked them from a college lineup, it's like you're done. (laughs) You coach now. (laughs) Technically, that could happen. Wait, why? How? I don't know. I mean, no, you because you need a degree. You need a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if if these guys, Nathan Traxler has two degrees and he's still wrestling. He's got two. (laughs) Probably probably more educated than a lot of the a lot of the D1 coaches. Uh, okay. Uh, definitely. All right. Uh, do we want to go to questions and then peace out? Yeah, Let's I don't do think there's anything else I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Got it. From Stringer's burner phone, is jujitsu or grappling like bar league slow pitch softball for wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's not the worst um, analogy. Yeah. Well, everyone needs a hobby when they get old. Everyone needs a hobby. Everyone needs a little weight. So jiu-jitsu is a great hobby. You get to stay in shape. Uh, you learn some new skills. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, you can do it. It's a, I won't say it's a lifetime sport like tennis or oh, yeah, golf, it but it, it can be uh, if, you're, if you do it with someone that is also is like not a kamikaze savage. Yeah. Trying to I, well, I don't know how – actually, Christian, I see very few kam- – I've been to a lot of jiu-jitsu schools. I see very few kamikaze savages somehow – Jiu-Jitsu has convinced their whole um, 
swath of people to kind of take it down a couple notches. And if you're trying to be highly competitive in your, you know, say 25 and under ish, 30 and under, you, you need to pick it up a little bit. I actually said they don't go hard enough. They, they need to go a little harder, but yeah. for the lifetime of the sport, I've tried doing, I tried doing like old man wrestling and it's just too hard. They just, they can't control themselves. It's impossible. Um, and Jiu Jitsu <laughs> somehow. True. It's true. It you is put true. Two guys, and they say, "Hey, go wrestle." It doesn't matter if they haven't done retainers. They're like a couple of freaking rams. They're they, like they, idiots. You know, idiots. You, you start can't off do a this slow, but one thing leads to another. Next thing you know, Bader can't do it. Bader can't do it. I don't even he go for shots. I just club people. And I try. Fight. I'm like Bader. Listen, well, I'll say this: I freaking know how to do it. <laughs> I can. I can slow it down big time. Mike Mal can kind of do it. Mike Mal can slow it down. He's annoying because he'll slow it down too much. And then yeah. speed it up real quick, and then slow it don't down a bit. Don't change speeds on me, Mike. Yeah, don't change. Just Bader do, can't yeah. do it. He doesn't Bader's know how to hard. do. He wrestles like he drives. <laughs> For loco, <laughs> but you know, you know, Ben, you talk about like the jujitsu, like being you know, man. I've been to some no gi practices. Those guys are idiots, and they just they're really. Oh my gosh, no gi's. Yeah, they go crazy. You must be going to the wrong places because I, I went to a lot of places and. Um, I felt like it's almost always at that, and I, I almost never did gi, right? It's almost always at that slower pace. Like, say, say like 85% See, that's, gi of is maximum. slower, yes. That's no, how no, they... I, no, I don't do gi. I don't do oh. gi. Oh, really? Yeah, I would advise I would advise older people to do gi, though, cause it, and especially if you've never wrestled, it's just better to have those grips. But when you wrestled, you don't want to do a gi. It's weird to put that crap on. No, it's geese better. <laughs> like what? Oh yeah, dude. No, no way. Gi is, no gi is. Listen, no gi is basically wrestling Without with strangulation yes, and arm that's breaking why, options. That's what we want. That's what we want. Okay, that's cool. That's why it's better. Yeah, but that's it's harder. We're talking about the um, life. It's faster. It's definitely faster. What I don't like about Nogi Jiu-Jitsu is I'll get a takedown and be like, good, takedown, next man in. But he doesn't know that's how we do it, and he chokes me before the, the next man comes in. So I'm like, the hell? You, you, it's not fair. You choked me, but that's the sport, I guess. That's garbage. Um, it is garbage, Ali. You know, you know a rule that you're really going to hate? It, and I don't, I, I'm not, listen, Jiu-Jitsu changes the rules a lot, depending on which promotion you're in. There's some of these that, if you take them down, Ollie, and they turn to their knees, it's not a takedown. You don't get points for that. You got to put them on their back. That's that's frustrating, man. So dumb. Yeah. Right. So if you if they're taking they boom, they just turn down. There's no takedown. Yeah, sort of, sort of a strange move. Um, okay, next cue. Um, any rumbling on where Nick Buzakis goes or would fit in? Uh, well, I mean, no he's an excellent recruit, so he'd fit in pretty much anywhere. Anywhere where good wrestlers are needed, he will fit in great. Correct. Um, as far as rumblings go, uh, no, I haven't uh, really heard anything. The dead period just ended, so I think he'll probably spend the next couple months or whatever taking visits before um, officially committing somewhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I would assume a lot of the big guns are in contention. I know Ohio State um, is on his trail. Everyone, all, all the big guns, I think, are after both Buzakis and Jesse Mendez. Now, them being similar size, maybe the teams will have to prioritize who they're going after. Um, but yeah, I know Penn State's after 
Mendez for sure. Iowa's after Mendez. Um, would they also be after Buzakis? You would think. Yeah, you would think. So I don't know. They're, they're at those weight classes where they can. You could have both of them for they sure. Could go, you know, 33, 41, 41, 49, those type of things. Yeah, I feel like Buzakis is going to get bigger. Mendez, he's been kind of around the same size for a couple of years now. Yeah, so we'll but at the same time, it's also like, how much more bulk job can Buzakis do? Yeah, he's so diesel <laughs> right now. That's a good point. I don't know. They probably said the same thing about Frank Molinero when he was a 41. That's true. And then he was like a ginormous <laughs> 49. That is true. Just go full G-Hulk on him. But there's not a lot of guys like Frank Molinero either. No. no. Um, okay. So so this guy, Chad, he's mad that, that Spay's not on, I guess, this show or FRI. He says, I think it's borderline hostile work environment. Consistent silence of Spay in the studio is deafening. He clearly doesn't watch who's number one in the show. Yes. What is that guy? Spay's college roommate or something? Yeah, come on, Chad. Also, Spay doesn't want to be on FRL. He does not want to do the early mornings. Okay? This guy mm. wants to he, – he likes his sleep. He likes his mornings. And three days a week, you got to be here pretty dang early. Um, so <laughs> he, does, he, he would not want to do that. He would do it – he would spot start, you know? For us, anything, anything we asked of him, he would certainly do, because he's a team player. But you know, this is this is uh, and JD, what's wrong with JD? You know, JD yesterday at Bracky's uh, going that away was dinner. Awesome, but Ali, you know what you describe it? We're sitting there having a beautiful dinner, having laughs, nostalgic memories, all good times, right? We actually just had a conversation because the server approached us. We're like, we're waiting for one more. But I did order a watermelon crawl. Shout out, CP. We are sipping watermelon martinis. <laughs> That's right. And then, so we're like, where's JD? Where's JD? All of a sudden, we hear a humming of an engine. We turn around, and JD's ripping in on his bike right next to the table into a parking spot. He hops off, wears, wearing his Brett Favre, Kyle Brackey's favorite football player's jersey, mm -hmm. and the perfectly even pair of homemade sweatshorts that just below the jersey, so it kind of looked like a nightgown, as JD put mm -hmm. it. But it was such an electric entrance, killed it, set the whole vibe for the day. But he took off the helmet, shook his hair out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, jeez. Fluffed and feathered. I mean, jeez, it was an epic entrance. It was an epic entrance. I was like, uh, I'm really uh, sad we did not have that on uh, that on camera. Okay, well, with that, I think it's time to go. We thank you guys so we much. Had much of tacos today. Oh yeah, Maybe yeah we got tacos. Ben, yeah. thank you. We'll see you Jeez. tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back on Thursday, the last FRL of the week. <laughs> so goofy. Ben, ben cannot wait to hang up he with He just can't, man. He just goes lefty flex. Look at him. Oh, yeah. Look at that bicep. Popping. All right, thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Wednesday. Goodbye. Bye-bye.